Song of Solomon 8. You know we're in a dating series if we're reading Song of Solomon, right? How many guys have ever just gone on a journey through Song of Solomon? Yeah, on accident, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. If you haven't read it yet, you should foray into Song of Solomon. Um, Song of Solomon uh, 8, and then go also to Proverbs 29, 18. Proverbs 29. So Song of Solomon 8 and Proverbs 29. So the main chunk of scripture for this series is in Proverbs 4. You don't need to go there. And we're focusing in on verse 23. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. And what we're talking about is a way to protect our heart and date, in essence, not keep falling into the same old love. You guys in Song of Solomon? You guys there? Song. Everybody good? Okay, Song of Song, Song of Solomon, whatever you want to call it. Song of Solomon 8, verse 4, chapter 8, verse 4. I want you to swear, O daughters, you can put in there, O sons of Jerusalem, do not arouse or awaken my love until it pleases. I want you to swear, do not arouse or awaken my love until it pleases. I want to give us just a quick talk tonight around the thought, drunk in love. All right? Drunk in love. Let's pray. God, I pray um, as we look at your word tonight and as we talk about how to stay sober while we're still in love, how to stay focused while we're still in love. God, that we would find ways to guard our hearts and not recreate the same old love that we're used to or that we're used to seeing. And we thank you so much that you're working in us and through us in your name. Amen. How many guys have had a friend that when they start dating, it's like man down, right? You just lose them. Anybody have that friend? My brother and I, yeah. And if you're not raising your hand, you might be that friend, right? No, we're just really in love. Calm down. Spend some time with somebody else, right? But my brother and I had this friend, um, that we were really close to. We'd hike and shoot guns and do man stuff together. And he was like a manly man, right? His dad, his dad was like Liam Neeson in Taken, kind of. I mean, just like the kind of dude that you wouldn't be surprised if he had killed someone before, but a purely justifiable reason, you know what I mean? And so his son was a manly man. We would have, like, we'd go out and do bonfires and all that kind of stuff. And he met this girl, and we, I literally, I'm not kidding you, I never saw him again. Like, I, we attended the same church, and I would see him from a distance. It was like I saw the shadow of him. Does that make sense? Like, he was a, the, a husk of a man that he used to be. And, and we, it's okay to really want to spend time with your significant other. It's good that you spend time around them. It's good that you get interested in what they're interested in. But I think there's this thing about love where we kind of lose our sobriety. We kind of lose our focus. We kind of lose who we are. And, and this happens quickly, and it, and it happens whether we're single or while we're dating. You know, let's be honest. Some of us view ourselves as a perishable quantity, right? Like, I'm not getting any younger. And the longer that we wait and the longer that we hold out, it gets really easy to start reconsidering what our standards are. And we begin to believe, well, maybe the problem's with me and my standards. And we begin to kind of get drunk on the thought of being in love. And some of us were dating someone and we've completely lost who we were before we started dating them. We have no idea who we are. We've compromised so much that we aren't quite sure where we start 
or where we end and they begin, and we're not sure if what I believe is what they told me to believe or is this what I really believed, and we've just lost ourselves. This is the problem with both of these, is as we begin to compromise, in essence, lose our sobriety and our focus in who we are and what we want and where we're headed, as we lose that in someone else or we lose it in the thought of falling in love, is that blame has to go somewhere. We will reach a point where we have to reconcile why we made the decision to give up on what we knew God was calling us to, or to give up on what we knew our focus was, or to give up on what we knew our standards were. And we put this in a couple of places, and I want to encourage you to take these down and ask yourself the question, am I doing this? The first place you'll put that is God. That tension of I decided to walk away from something will put it on God, especially when it comes to purity. Does the Bible really say that it's that big of a deal? Is it really that important that I go to church? Is it really that important that I'm active in my relationship with God? Is it really that important? And we'll walk away from another place. We'll put it as our family. Well, I was just raised that way. It's not a value for me. My parents were really strict. And, and, and Brittany and I see this a lot. There's people who attach to one side of the family and for, completely forget their own. And they'll walk, well, my parents never call me. Or I was having issues with my parents. That tension of giving up on your family has to go somewhere. And the worst place you could put it is on the person you're dating. Or even worse, the person you end up marrying. You will reach a point where you have to reconcile why something that was important to you at one point is no longer important. We have a lot of people who are disgruntled in their relationships and it's because they don't want to admit that they're the ones who compromised. And so I hopefully, I, I want to give you some keys to sobriety tonight. Some keys to staying focused. Some keys to figuring out what do I value, what's important to me, who am I, what do I believe. And let's just walk through those. The first one is this. First key to staying sober is know who you are. Know who you are. Dating and who you date should never be the place that you find direction or purpose. It should not start. Your, your meaning does not get wrapped up in the person you're dating. And you do not lack meaning if you're not dating somebody. It's not where you find your purpose. And I would encourage you to be a strong, independent man or woman before you start dating and actually be really secure in who you are. And we talked about that last week with the thought of love yourself. But here's some questions you should ask yourself. Do I know what I need? Do I know what I need? Great example. I need an encourager. I do a great job of beating the crap out of myself. I do a really good job with that. I need an encourager. And that is the primary thing I was attracted to in Brittany. I, I love the fact that she was an encourager to her friends and her family before I ever even came in to the picture. Do I know where I'm weak and I need someone else's strength? Do I know where I fall short? I'm, I'm horrific at finances. I've been honest about that since I started speaking here. I'm really thankful that Brittany is good at money because I would have sunk us by now. But I needed Brittany and I needed that strength, right? Do I know where my weak points are and how I need in my significant other to balance me out in those? Do I know what I want? Number two question, do I know what I want? I really love music. 
I'm really thankful that Brittany likes music. She's a vocal major. She's smarter in music than I am. I know that I like how it sounds. Brittany knows why it sounds that way, which is perfect, right? So I'll just be like, oh my gosh, did you hear that? And she goes, yeah, it's like a dotted 16th note. Well, I don't care. I just like the way it sounded, right? I like that. I like the fact that Brittany likes sports. That's something that I wanted. I'm a huge sports junkie. I love sports. I watched the same episode of Sports Center over and over and over again, and I'm perfectly content. Why? Because I like sports. I like the fact that Brittany likes sports. That's a huge win for me. Do you know what you want? Now, please understand, if you're going to compromise on one of the two, compromise on what you want, not what you need. The, what you need in your significant other should be the primary focus. Ask yourself another question. What are my tendencies? What are my tendencies? How do I tend to enter into relationships? Because I'm lonely? Because I'm lacking purpose, lacking vision? Do I tend to be attracted to this type of person? Do I tend to be attracted to this type of dysfunction? Do I tend to be attracted to someone who's going through a crisis and I can help fix it? What are my tendencies? Here's another one. Am I at peace with me? We talked about this last week. How am I doing with myself? It's generally a good indicator. Am I going after more what I want or what that I need? Another one, how am I trending? Is my life headed in the right direction right now? Am I seeing growth and momentum? And along with that question, would starting to date someone halt the momentum and growth that I'm seeing? A lot of us see momentum and growth and then we think we've kind of broken through to the other side. And so now I can start dating. And a lot of times that stops the momentum and growth that we're seeing. Got to ask the question, how am I trending? And then I would encourage you again, ask the question, is this a trend for me? Do I cyclically date? I'm in a relationship for six months and then I decide I'm going to refocus and focus on school and God or whatever it is. And then six months later, I get bored, and so I start dating again. Or again, am I lonely? Am I lacking vision, purpose? And like, why am I repeating something that is a thing for me? And you've got to know what you want, what you need, in order to be able to know that. You've got to be self-aware. Number two is this. Know where you're going. So number one, know who you are. Number two, know where you're going. Proverbs 29.18, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. I was reading this a while ago, and I was thinking about like an organization. You have to cast vision. And then I realized the key to the scripture is the vision that's moving you forward is what gives you roadmaps and, and gives curbs to the street that you're on. Does that make sense? When I know what I want, then all of a sudden there becomes a law that says, if I really want this, then I can't have that. And we have to know where we're going. A lot of us date anyone because anybody will do. Because we're not going somewhere. We don't have purpose. We don't, we don't really know why we're here. And so if I'm not headed towards something, then it's no longer an issue if the person I want to date is headed there as well. We cast off restraint. And we just end up in this cycle and this trend of constantly going back and forth and generally has a lo whole lot more to do with my personal lack of vision for my life than it does the dysfunction that was in my relationship. We have to know where we're going. I would encourage you to ask this question. Do I know what I feel God's calling me to? Where's my passion lie? 
When I dream about me when I grow up, what do I want to do? And then before you date anyone, ask yourself the question, would dating them mean I have to give up on that? You should not have to give up on what you feel God is calling you to, to date someone else. You shouldn't. You don't need to. It is worth the wait to find someone who's headed in the same direction as you. Then live with the thought, what if I had gone after what God had for me? That's the kind of stuff that haunts us 30 years from now. That's the kind of thing that when you're sitting somewhere and one of you is feeling extremely successful and the other one has convinced themselves that that's okay. And we do this. We'll start dating someone and then we slowly let our vision and heart and desire die because we convince ourselves that it's okay for them to get what they want. Especially women. Girls, you do not have to give up. You don't have to, you don't have to be a house. Like you, you, if that's what you want to do, then great, own it. But you don't have to give up on your career because the guy you married isn't strong enough to help you get there. My, my first job as Brittany's husband is to see her be as successful as she can be. And as that's my focus, then I'm going to see that work for me as well. Girls, generally a sign of an insecure guy is when he's more focused on him accomplishing what he wants than being secure enough in your strength to help you grow into what you need to be. And guys, please enable the girl that you're dating to become all that she can be. But don't get so caught up in that that you forget that God's called you to lead and go after what you have as well. Both of you together should be able to accomplish what God is calling you to. You should not have to give up that. Ask yourself the question, Do I? does my vision for my life have to die for me to stay dating or enter into dating with this person? Number three, know what you believe. Number one, know who you are. Number two, know where you're going. Number three, know what you believe. Ask yourself this question. Do I have non-negotiables in my faith? Do I have non-negotiables in my faith? Do I even really know what I believe? What do I believe about God? What do I believe about his church? What do I believe about me and my relationship with God? Is God really important to me? Is a relationship with him important to me? And what does that look like? Because compromising in your faith to date somebody is going to lead you to a spot where you just begin to question anything that you ever believed. If, if we're not willing to hold on to our faith and really believe that my faith is what has gotten me to this point, then everything after that becomes negotiable. If, if the person you're dating can get you to compromise fundamentally on your faith, they can get you to compromise on your character, they can get you to compromise on your virtue, they can get you to compromise on your vision for your life. If, if I am not standing firm on that foundation, and that is a non-negotiable for me. And by the way, the whole idea, well, I'm just trying to, sh- and this was really big in high school, and it frustrated me. I'm just trying to show them how much God loves them. I don't, I don't understand that, right? Flirt to convert is what we called it. I don't, I don't get that. But it's probably not going to work that way. If they're not willing to enter into a relationship with a firm foundation in their faith, then it will be rocky for the rest of your relationship with them. 
unless something really miraculous happens. And, and please, and I would encourage you, if you have your eyes on someone and they are new to the faith, please don't be a distraction. Please, and and this, this really stinks, and it's really hard. And I get it. I understand that. Well, I really like them. We have a great connection. Well, then wait. Wait for their faith to stand on its own two feet on their own instead of really needing to stand alongside you and you propping them up. Because you're not going to want to do that later. You need to know what you believe and not negotiate on it. And the last one is this. Know what you value. Know what you value. I want to give you some things I really think you should value. And then we'll end. Number one is this. I think you should really value family. You should really value family. If someone you're dating wants to take you away from your family, that should be an issue for you. Now, please understand, I get that some families it's unsafe. I get that it's not a good idea. But if their first instinct is to pull you from your family, there's a good chance that family is not a priority for them later. Then when you have kids and you are trying to establish a sense of family, they're not going to be on board with that. Observe the person you're interested in. Ask the question, how are they amongst their family? That was when Brittany and I talked, the first thing that came up, we knew we were on the same page faith-wise, the first thing that came up is I will never compromise on family. And family will always come first. That's a big, big deal. Because you will reach a point when you really want the support of family. Whether it's the family that you're currently in, if you have issues with them, 15, 20 years down the road when you have kids, you are going to want your family to be a unit. And it may be your job to redefine the importance of family to your family. But don't compromise on valuing family. The next one is this. Don't compromise on valuing your friends. You should not have to give up on your friends to date someone else. You shouldn't. Now, if you're maturing and growing and you realize that a friend is holding you back, that's something else. And if you're, if you're the person you're dating helps you realize that, that's something else. But the people that brought you here to this point should still be with you once you start dating. The people that were in your corner, and it really hurts me when I see couples start dating and they get so inward focused and then two years down the road, they open up and look up and realize, I'm kind of tired of spending every waking moment with this person. And I really want to hang out with my friends. And their friends have completely built another life without them in it. And then they're hurt. Where did you guys go? I didn't go anywhere. You left. We don't have a right to be upset at our friends that walk away when we forget about our friends when we start dating. And it's not okay. You're going to want them standing there with you at your wedding, right? You're going to want them there with you when your life starts getting hard. When the rose petals fall off your eyes and you realize that they, they smell weird and they have attitude problems and they're an issue, when you realize that, you're going to want your family and your friends around to help you walk through that. Don't walk away from them for the sake of entering into a relationship. Brittany and I still have times where we spend time with our friends. And I am not with Brittany. Brittany has girls to our house all the time. And it's an excuse for me to go do man stuff. I find guys and we go shoot things or we go like hike or ride bikes, right? Like I'm going to go do my man stuff while you sit and watch 19 episodes of Gilmore Girls. I don't understand it. This is not something that changes once you're married. You need friends for the rest of your life. Do not give up on them in order to start 
a relationship. Next thing I hope you value and don't give up is church, community. The person you date, if you're doing it right, will value your local community as much as you value it. And it may, they may be at another church that may be in a different community. That's totally fine, but you need to value it. Because it's the kind, it, you see, family, friends, and church are the things that mold you into the person you are that grab that person's attention. And the worst thing you could do is walk away from it when you start dating. You need to value it. And the next one is your purity. I hope you really value your purity. You don't compromise on that. I, I have, is purity in the Bible? Absolutely. And we're going we're gonna to spend a good chunk of a message talking about that. But if I, in a nutshell, could give you an idea of why I think purity is important in relationships, it's because of this. You need to be able to set a standard and keep it. When it comes to relationships, you need to be able to set a standard and hang on to it. Because your ability to stay pure until you get married is the same thing that keeps you on budget after you're married. It's the same thing, girls, when... When a guy says, hey, this is my standard for purity, I'm not going to compromise on it, that loyalty to that standard, that commitment to his integrity will be the same thing that you bank on when he loses his job and says he's going to find another one. And guys, that's the kind of trust that your wife is going to need to know that you're going to lead the family with integrity. It's a Bible issue, absolutely, but it's just as much a foundation stone to your relationship as well. Purity is extremely important. Because it's about what it produces before you get married. That type of trust, that type of integrity, that ability to set a goal together as a couple and keep it. And by the way, we're going to talk about standards, but by the way, always go for the higher standard. When you guys sit down and have the awkward re- conversation in your relationship, which is what, what's okay and what's not. And no one has ever had that conversation and it not be awkward. It's definitely awkward. But having that conversation at the beginning, whoever has the higher standard, that's the one you hold. Because it's important to your integrity as a couple and as an individual. The last thing I hope you value, and we'll end, the last thing I hope you value is accountability. I really hope you don't compromise on accountability. Let me define accountability, though. Accountability is not two couples holding each other accountable as they both compromise in purity. Because all that becomes is, oh, you messed up, we messed up. Okay, we feel better because we admitted it. It more becomes confessional than it does accountability. Accountability in relationship is finding someone whose relationship you respect and asking them to help you build your relationship to be like theirs. That's accountability in a relationship. Brittany and I have four couples that we really admire their marriage on top of our parents. We admire both sets of our parents' marriages. We spend time with them. We have four couples that we do life with that we take out to dinner semi-occasionally and say, hey, I like this in your marriage. Teach me how to do it. That's accountability. And when you start dating, that's something you lead with. And I would encourage you to ask each other, hey, who do you meet with and who's in your life that will not allow you to compromise on your purity? Who, who are you getting coffee with? Who are you talking to? Who are you spending time with that knows you well enough and loves you enough to ask the question if you're compromising on this value? Who's the person in your life that will not allow us to be stupid? I, I was meeting with a young adult not too long ago. 
And he was like, bro, I'm so excited. I just got my apartment. And I was his accountability partner. And I said, well, she's never coming to your house, right? He's like, well, that's really lame. I'm proud of myself. I got an apartment. Yeah, but you two alone is not a good idea, right? Yeah, you're right. That really stinks. Cool. Yeah, but it's good. And this is what we signed up for. We hold each other accountable, but really what we mean is let me confess that I messed up and you say it's okay. That's really what we mean by accountability. True accountability is no. This is who you said you were. And this is what you said you wanted. And I'm going to hold you to that standard. And I'm going to build you up. Believe me, it's not about tearing each other down. It's not about beating each other up. It's about, hey, no, this is what you said your value was. How do we get back to that? How do I help you get back to that? Man, I I want to be involved in people's wedding days where I was involved in their accountability when I can look them in the face and not say, whew, we made it. Came in at the last minute. We kind of made it. Mostly made it. I want to stand there with them and say, hey, I played a part in their marriage starting off well. That's accountability. I would encourage you not to get drunk in love. And there's a difference. There's a difference between, I still get goo-goo-eyed over Brittany. I'll admit it, right? I still think that she's like the best person on the planet. It's kind of like you treat a puppy, right? They knew no wrong. Absolutely. When, 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 when Brittany and I bought Thor, I was the one who fell in love with Thor. And it, here I am, like I'm six foot, 270, gun-toting, big dude. And this little puppy walks up and looks at me. And I was like, that's it. That's the one. Like fell in love with this little tiny furball of a dog, right? And, and I want that in your relationship. I want that for you. But I want it over the right stuff. I fell in love with the person that I need. I got a lot of the stuff that I want. And we value the same things. We believe in the same things. We're helping each other grow and be better. I didn't have to compromise on what I know God's calling me to. And I'm not going to let her compromise on what I know God's calling her to. That's the kind of relationship that you can be a little drunk in love and still be sober. That's what you want. You don't want the kind of relationship where it starts out drunk in love and everything's great. And five years down the road, you're full of resentment, wondering if, what if I had married somebody else? What if I hadn't compromised here? What if I had really held on to what I know God was calling me to? I don't want that for you. And it starts on the front end of your relationship, not the back end. So I want to end a little different tonight. I want to end with some conversation. We'll do, I guess we call it small groups, right? In just a minute, I want you to break up and and talk to someone that you're doing life with, okay, that's around you, that knows you. And if you're dating or in a relationship with someone, I would encourage you to find someone other than your significant other, okay? Because this is an awkward conversation. You made me compromise on this, right? now. You don't want to have that. That's weird. But what we do want is I want you to ask each other this question. Where do you tend to compromise? Is it in your purity? Is it in your value, accountability, family, friends, in what you believe, in what you know God's calling you to? Where do you tend to compromise? And then ask the follow-up question, how can we make sure that that doesn't happen? How can we help? How can I hold you accountable to make sure that you stay sober and don't get drunk in love? Does that make sense? All right, grab someone and let's talk for a couple minutes. If you could just put a pause on your conversation for a second, I want to end 
just end on time, but then you keep talking right after that. And we have donuts, too, which I'm stoked about. Yeah, going into a diabetic coma, I'm excited. Hey, guys, um, just so you know, the, the men's retreat, focus, the men's retreat, <laughs> the men's retreat is filling up fast, and uh, there is a cap on how many people we can take. Um, so if you plan on signing up, please sign up as soon as possible, okay? And again, if money is a problem, please let me know. Um, I'm going to be speaking at it. Pastor Taylor will be speaking at it. So it's not going to be all, this is how you fix your marriage 20 years down the road stuff, right? Like there'll be stuff for you too. So come to that. It'll be super fun. I'm just going to pray us out and then we can go eat donuts and you can get back to talking. But, uh, dear Jesus, we thank you so much. We thank you that we do not have to repeat the same old love. That as, as we grow in wisdom and understanding, we really can guard our hearts. And we really can date with life being fun, without it being stressful, without being overwhelmed, without wondering, am I repeating my tendencies? But we can really date in a way that leads to a healthy marriage. And we pray that we would begin to get wisdom and insight in how to do that. In your name, amen. So the donuts are out there, I think. Guys, sign up for Men's Retreat. We'll see you next week.